You're listening to Westside Church. For more information, visit us at westsideinfo.com. Uh, some of you guys are here for the very first time today, and we want to wish you a very warm welcome. Thanks for being here. <laughs> if you don't know me, my name is Steve. I have the privilege of leading the leadership team here at Westside, and we're certainly glad you're here. We do have three services over the weekend that are not identical, but pretty much the same, because no, no service is exactly the same. But Thursday night at 7 in here, and then two more on Sunday morning at 9 and 11. So if you're looking for a church home, uh, we'd love to have you visit, check us out, that would be great. Uh, we do uh, love Jesus here. We're passionate about a relationship with God. We love His Word, and that's cornerstone values. We love God, we love His Word, and uh, faithfully here and lived out humbly uh, in, in believers. We don't think we're it, we don't know it all, we haven't arrived, but we're part of it, and Jesus is it, and we're part of His body. And so we're so thankful for the ministry that we have here. Uh, one of the things that takes place uh, in the church is uh, young guys uh, grow up in the church, uh, maybe around high school years, they come to Christ and acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior, and then uh, they uh, finish their education, they get married, they start having children, and then they're leaders in the church, and uh, one of such young men is going to speak to us this morning, and his name is Joey the Mastermind Moore. All right? So come on down, Joe. <laughs> Joe's a, a good friend, and uh, he's, he, he loves Jesus. He's a, a brilliant mathematician. He teaches in our local school systems, and uh, he's also a leader in the church. And so Father, I pray for Joe. I pray that uh, the words that you give him now would be words that you would speak to us this morning. May we hear as if we're hearing directly from you. Impact our hearts today, O oh God. Uh, fill him afresh with your spirit as he delivers the message. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As Steve said, I've been here for about 10 years. I didn't come to know Christ right away, and I'll get to that part of my story in a little bit. Uh, I'm 28 years old. I have a wife. I have a two-year-old son and a little baby on the way, and that's been quite a little journey all on its own. <laughs> um, I did not grow up in the church. Uh, when I was born, my parents weren't married. They were young, and they just were in love, and they were going about their lives. And when I was two, they got married, figured they were going to make that commitment, get together. And when I was four, they got divorced. So the reason for that is some choices that were made on their parts very early on in my life before I kind of understood what was going on there. My dad was, if you worked for the sheriff's department about 25, 28 years ago, you would have known his name. He was the local manufacturer and distributor of methamphetamines. So he had his hands in all the wrong places at that time in my life. And when he, he wound up going to jail when I was four, and my mom thought, I can't raise a kid in this life. So she wanted to get me out of that life. So he went to jail. Three days later, she had to divorce papers from my dad. And being a four-year-old, you don't really get that. You don't really understand what's going on. And I was really angry at that time in my life, and I was acting out a lot, and... When I was going to school, um, 
I tell people this and they never believe me. I was, the one, I was the kid that was getting the referral every single day. And about a year later, my mom, she met a man named Pete Green, and he's my stepdad, and he's my dad to this day. And they got married when I, little, probably when I was around six, and they moved me out to the country, which when you're an only child out on 14 acres in the country, it's a very lonely childhood. Um, so for about five years, it was uh, go outside and play with what? I don't know, use your imagination. And so that was not really, those weren't necessarily the fondest memories of my childhood, but they definitely gave me time to experience all the creation and everything that God was. I was really able to see that pattern of God on my heart. Um, what I mean by that is, uh, it is said that all of God's laws are written on our heart, and so we don't all, none of us have any excuse. And I learned that from a very early age. I was able to just kind of notice there, there's got to be something more than just this world around us, just this, these people around us. And I wasn't really taught about God early on. My mom was Catholic, but she didn't practice Catholicism. My stepdad had really bad experiences with the church early on in his life, so he didn't really, he didn't want to have anything to do with the church. And my dad had some very strange experiences with the church early on in his life, but he never talked about it, so I had no idea until I was adult that he had any sort of relationship with God. So other than the fact that they acknowledged there must be something more, there was nothing spoken of. I was essentially taught from a really young age that, number one, you take care of yourself because no one else will. Number two, you take care of your family. And number three, you take care of those around you that can't help themselves. Um, when I was reflecting upon that, when I was preparing for this, I was thinking about it, I was kind of taught the second half of the great commandment being love your neighbor as yourself. But if you just have that half and you don't have the first half, love your God with all your heart, your soul, your might, your everything, then you're, it kind of comes into that whole idea of the therapeutic moralistic deism where you're living life just, I'm doing good because it feels good. And growing up with that, that just mentality, you do good and you do good, it's going to make you feel good. I never found it to be particularly satisfying. It kind of left me feeling like there's, there's still got to be more than this. Um, when I turned 10, my, I had a neighbor move in right down the road. And by right down the road, I mean a half mile. Um, and his name was Jeffrey, and his, his family loved the Lord. And so that was kind of my first experience seeing people that lived in a different way. They didn't necessarily just live for themselves. They lived for God. And so getting to see that firsthand, um, but I'm very... Uh, skeptical person. I don't tend to believe anybody. Don't take it personally. Um, it's a matter of early on in my life, a lot of people told me things that just never came true and made promises that just never came to fruition. So I'll, I'll believe it when it happens. And if you say it, I'll believe it when I go look it up. And that's just me. Um, and so when I saw what other people had in their lives, I was like, oh, that's, that's nice but that's for you, and I haven't seen that, and I haven't experienced that, so that's not how I'm going to live my life. But at that point, I think Jeffrey was probably the first person that was praying for my salvation very early on, um, and which take a step about 10 years back from there when I was a little baby. 
my dad, even though he made some very poor choices and some very selfish choices, I never got the feeling that my dad didn't love me and didn't want the best for me. And he told me, probably when I was 20, that when I was a little baby, he used to take me out and he would pray over me and cry over me that I would never be like him. And that kind of, that prayer kind of stuck with me for the rest of my life. And like looking back at it now, I can see how God took that and wanted to answer his prayer. Second. Ever have something happen in your life where you were one way before and you're another way afterwards? That was my son being born. I was pretty emotionless before <laughs> and cold. And when my son was born, I got all teary-eyed when we talked about kids. And, um, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, thanks, that's looking forward to that. <laughs> um, so, as I was getting older and experiencing things, and God started putting people in my life to change my path, because I was headed down a path of selfishness and pride, and I'm going to do this on my own, I'm not going to rely on anybody, and... Later on, I had made friends at school, and um, I made a friend, his name's Tyler, and he's one of our pastors here, and he had a tragic event happen in his life, which led him to the Lord, and he invited his friends to follow with him, which was really impactful for me, because uh, at that point in my life, being a teenager, looking around at the world, and if you look around the world and you're in the world, you can really see that the world is it's sick. It's, it's not healthy. People are living for themselves, and they're living for just what feels good, and it's empty, and it leads people's hearts to grow cold. And when you're looking at that, it just something just feels wrong. You may not be able to identify it because you're living in it, and it's everything you're with, but it just doesn't feel right because it's not right. It's not what God planned for us. And so when Tyler started going to church and he invited me to going to church, I was able to see these people that they weren't selfish and they weren't living for themselves and they loved each other and they showed it. And it was just this reality that I'd never known before. And something about it just seemed, this is, this is how people are supposed to be. People aren't supposed to be climbing all over each other for position and power and money and stuff. They're supposed to be loving each other and helping each other and all of us from moving forward together. And that's what I was able to see, and it brought me in. And from there, it became, I started actually learning about God and his principles. And at that point, I met my wife, and I was married at 20. And for all of you younger guys out there, you can get married at 20, but it's going to be hard at 20. I'm going to let you know right now, you don't know who you are yet. You're going to have to really have a strong foundation in God if you want to get married that young because you're going to be tested and you better, you better be firm. Uh, but she has been one of the very influential members in my life because she had a very strong foundation in God and was able to bring that to me and show me a different way of living and not necessarily living for yourself, which taught me for the first time you have to sacrifice sometimes, all the time. <laughs> and sometimes all the time, yeah. All the time, sometimes, yeah. 
Um, and so at that point, she really encouraged me to press into my walk with God. And at that time, there was a couple of elders that took me under their wing, Logan and Steve, and they put a lot of time into me and a lot of time into educating me and discipling me and trying to raise me up in a way to walk with God. And I've shared this with them, and I'm going to share it with you. I was resentful of all the time it took away from what I wanted to do and all the things I had to give up. I was not, it was not a happy heart for me. And I knew it was for my best, and I did it anyways. But if you know God, he doesn't want you doing something with grit in your teeth. He wants you doing something because you love him. And at that point in my life, I simply I had a knowledge of what God wanted and that he definitely had a different path, but it wasn't that I had all my faith in him. And there's a big difference for God between your knowledge of him and your faith in him. And he wants your faith, which a lot of times has to come without the knowledge. And I've never really, I've never experienced a major miracle in my life. I've never seen a major miracle happen to anyone else. I've only heard. And for my personality type, just hearing isn't believing. And I have a really hard time believing without seeing. And which, when I reflect upon, is exactly why God has done that. Because I needed to make that step, that leap of faith, to believe in him, to have the faith in him without seeing. Um, The Lord says, blessed are those that believe and haven't seen. So working through that, I came to just kept on, kept on, giving up, sacrifice, and just there was a lot of resentment that built up there. And then there came a point in my life where uh, my grandmother started getting very sick. She had congestive heart failure, and that was a long process. And then there came a day when I was working, normal day, got a call from my grandpa that she was in the hospital. It was just one of those instances where she'd been in the hospital before, and you think, and you, you go, and you know, it's, this is just something happened. She's going to be fine. But it's just one of those times, you know, something isn't fine this time. And I, you go into the hospital, and you walk in that room, and it just, you get that sense, this is, this is probably it. And I, I went home afterwards, and I left my phone number with the nurses there in case anything happened. About midnight, I got a phone call that she was slipping away. So I went to the hospital, and I was the only one there. It was, uh, my grandpa couldn't handle it. And the rest of my family, my uh, uncle had passed away when I was really young. My dad was in prison. My cousin, he was much farther away than I was. Uh, When I got the phone call, I called him. He got there as soon as he could. But I was the only one there when she passed away. And because my grandpa... He loved my grandma so much that he was, he was completely devastated. He, he didn't know how to handle it. And I'm not sure if any, I'm sure most of you have experienced someone passing or someone you know passing, and it's, it's painful and it's hard. And then you pile on top of that something you've never experienced before where everyone's looking at you to have all the answers. Because my dad wasn't there, my uncle wasn't there, it was just me and my cousin. And we had to come up with all those answers. And that's when God revealed to me everything he had done for me at that point.
everything he had trained in me in my life. He'd prepared me for a moment for that so that I could actually bring hope and love and understanding to my family and I could help my grandfather and I was able to actually have a, a relationship with my grandfather that I had never been able to have before because my grandfather doesn't like children. And if you grow up with a grandfather that doesn't like children, you grow up not liking grandpa. <laughs> and you, you love grandma, but grandpa, grandpa's a hard, hard one to live with. Um, but after that, and after being able to be there for him, and I got to know my grandfather as a man. And we actually have a much stronger relationship now after that. And I was able to see and appreciate everything God had done for me. And everything I resented, I realized was a blessing. And I was able to go to those men afterwards and thank them for that. Something I hadn't really been able to do before. And after that, I decided God's plan is probably better than my plan. So he brought, since then, I stopped looking at the opportunities God set before me as resentment and as sacrifice. As I started looking for them as an opportunity for him to help me so that I could help others. Because that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be in this together. And he wants us to be in this for him. And once I started accepting what he had for me, all the doors started opening. The path that he wanted me to be on was straight. And he's just blessed me since then. And he has brought me to a place such as this. And so if I have anything that would be good for you to take away today, I would say that have your faith in the Lord because his plans are for the best. Thank you. That's a great testimony. Thanks, Joe. You know, the thing that stuck out to me, and maybe that's because this has been something with me, faith is the assurance of things that you don't see. A lot of times we feel like we need to see it to believe it. No, you, we need to believe what is true, and then you'll see it. And that's just not a cliche, but there's truth there. And we we accept the idea and believe and use God is a foundation in our lives because we believe what he said, and then we go out and act on that and do it. That's faith, believing it, acting on it, doing it. If you've never really given your life to Christ and made that commitment to believe and to stand on him and to uh, make him that rock in your life and to obey him, I encourage you to do it. You can come talk to us, uh, Steve or myself or Joe. And uh, any of the elders here, we would love to talk to you about that. So that's our men's breakfast for this morning.